Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Windows 10 series. In this series we talk about Windows 10, uh, we talk about what does it mean to uh, individual Microsoft technology evangelists. And uh, in this episode, uh, we're so happy to have Tommy Patterson, uh, a Microsoft technology evangelist, join us. I am your host, Yang Cho, and we are going to start it right now. Tommy, are you on the line? Yes, sir. I'm here. Hi, Tommy. You, uh, good to have you. Thank you. It's good to be so on the show again. So what's happening in your neck of the wood? Uh, lots is going on. Lots. <laughs> I know you're pretty excited about it. So this episode, I'm going to give you an opportunity and tell us about what does Windows 10 means to you. Yeah, I, I think, you know, ever since the, the previews came out for Windows 10, there's been a lot of excitement. Um, just based on the general feel of how Windows 8 went, the the momentum, the energy, the excitement for Windows 10 is by far greater. And the for me, the biggest piece of it is are the security implications. But not what I want to focus on today because there's a there's a piece that's in Windows 10 now that is something we've been wanting for a very long time. So we'll get to that in a bit. But to me, I love the security features in Windows 10. I think uh, you know Windows Hello and um, those aspects are just fantastic. I know you cover that in another in another episode. Um, but today, the pieces around Hyper-V and virtualization—that's what I want to talk about. So, what about what about Hyper-V and virtualization? I mean, uh, previously in client, we can do kind of client virtualization, but what about it in Windows 10? Yeah, so, you know, a lot of people don't know, back in Windows 8, Pro and above, you could run Hyper-V, which was a virtualization layer that would allow you to run guest virtual machines um, on top of Windows 8. And now in Windows 10, same thing still exists, except for we've made it even better. And so I want to talk a little bit about why it's better, but also cover what is virtualization for those people who haven't played with it in, in uh, Windows before, um, those folks that may have, you know, installed VMware Workstation or uh, that kind of thing on their laptops and or desktop computers or servers uh, for you know lab environments the the key thing that was always missing in Hyper-V was the ability to run a, another hypervisor inside of a guest virtual machine and then run more VMs underneath it um, you know not the greatest in performance sometimes based on how many disks and CPUs and memory you have but it's really, really good for lab environments where you want to spin up just for functionality tests. Or if you want to spin up multiple virtual machines underneath the hypervisor and have that hypervisor join a cluster, um, have the, have the you know, hypervisors do failover, um, all those pieces you couldn't really test on a single machine before unless you went with, you know, some of the, the older virtualization technologies that are out there and on bare metal. So um, really excited about this. I think this is going to be huge, uh, especially for those folks who are trying to get into virtualization still and uh, you know haven't made any kind of investment in a client hypervisor already. It already comes with Windows 10 built right in. Okay, so, so Tommy, you're a virtualization expert, so you can jump right into it. Uh, let's say... I'm new to Windows 10. I'm new to this virtualization world. So, so I go to Windows 10, I guess Windows 10 Enterprise Edition, or uh, perhaps Windows 10 Server, which means the Windows Server 
2016 when we release it. And so you can turn on Hyper-V. So are you saying nested? I'm assuming you do Hyper-V within Hyper-V? Yes, that's what I'm talking about. So let's, uh, let's actually jump in. I'm going to show you where you turn this on um, and also talk a little bit. I got a few uh, slides here that talk about how it works. And so we'll, we'll walk through that and that'll kind of make it a little easier to understand. And then um, I'll jump into the demo and show you how to enable nested virtualization as well. Great. Great. So we're going to dive right in. Now, you know, in Windows 8, Windows 10, we've had the new settings menu, but I'm going to jump straight into the control panel, the traditional control panel, because I want to go into the programs and features menu. Um, I'm going to go into turn Windows features on or off and click on that. And that's going to bring up some settings, some, some uh, features we can turn on inside Windows that may not be by default. And if you'll notice, if you're running the proper version of Windows, which is Pro or above, you're going to see Hyper-V listed, plus Hyper-V management tools and uh, the platform if you expand it out. Now, it's important to go ahead and install these uh, because that gives you the, the GUI, the Hyper-V manager that we're going to show in just a few minutes. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and I've already got them installed here. So... Uh, just pretend it does take a reboot when you do this. Um, if you're running on a, a system that you haven't looked in the BIOS yet, you may need to go enable the virtualization pieces. So take a look at that. It's Intel or, or AMD. Uh, make sure you've enabled virtualization inside the BIOS before you attempt to do this. Otherwise, it will balk and say, um, you know, can't find, can't run a, a hypervisor on this machine. But I've already enabled it on this machine. This is a Surface Pro 3. And I'm going to cancel because it's already there. And I want to bring up Server Manager, or Hyper-V Manager, I should say. And now what you're going to see is your traditional view of how you look at the server or the host, the Hyper-V, the hypervisor or host, however you want to call it. And you see there, there's my Tommy PSP3. That's my hypervisor host. Now, I have created a VM called Hyper-V01. Never been able to do that before and actually start the virtual machine until build 10.565 of uh, Windows 10. So this is a new feature we've enabled. Um, however, before I could even start this virtual machine, I've got to run some commands. Before we do that, let's go look at some settings. So if I go look at Hyper-V settings on the right, you're going to notice where your virtual hard disks are stored. Now, I, I still don't understand the logic behind why we do this, but I guess it's because we know that folder is always there. The user's public folder, definitely don't want to store your virtual machines there. You ever lose your profile, um, something happens with that public profile, you're starting over. So, find a good place. Usually use an external SSD drive um, if you can. Um, or, make you know, SSD is the way to go uh, by far for speed. But uh, at least use a folder that, you're, that you recognize as important, something that you may want to save or copy later onto a USB stick or something, in case you're reformatting your machine. That's where your disks are stored, your virtual hard disks. Your virtual machines are stored um, in a different folder, which is just a configuration file that says, here's what each VM should look like, how much CPU, how much memory, where are the disks stored, what kind of network does it have. Um, there are XML files that you can look at. Uh, XML format files you can look at. Physical GPUs. So if you have uh, GPUs that have remote FX capabilities, then you can enable 
the GPU inside of, uh, of that hardware uh, to let you run virtualization against it. And that'll uh, actually give you better graphics and throughput, um, plus the, the remote FX capabilities uh, that come with that. You can turn on any of the other pieces, and we won't go into what all these mean, because for client virtualization, usually this isn't a big deal. Um, so we'll kind of move off of that. But you'll notice all the different pieces where you can go in, turn on enhanced session mode. Now, enhanced session mode is on in Windows 10. Um, for the client hypervisor, it's something that allows you to do copy and paste and, and interact with the desktops a little easier. However, in Hyper-V on Server 2012 and above, um, that's something you probably want to shy away from because it's a security risk. People could actually execute code inside your virtual machines. All right, I won't go too far into that. One other, one other thing I'd like to point out to everyone, Control-Alt-Left Arrow is your way of escaping from a console. If you build a virtual machine out and you try to, uh, try to move your mouse in and out of the uh, virtual machine, if the drivers aren't installed properly, you're going to have a mouse stuck inside the virtual machine. It can be very frustrating. So Control-Alt-Left-Arrow, write that one down. That's a good one to remember. Okay, that's the settings for the host itself. Now, I went ahead and created a VM, but let's look at what that takes. So if I go to New, up top in the right-hand corner, New Virtual Machine, and we're going to go through the wizard. Now, I can call this one Hyper-V02. I probably won't finish this one. But I'll store the virtual machine in a different location and go out and browse to a place where um, I know is safe. So I'll, I'll put it here. All right, select the folder, hit Next. Now I have a choice of Generation 1 or Generation 2. And uh, keep in mind, if you're building these VMs to move them up to Azure, you're going to want to uh, uh, stick to the Gen 1 machines. And also, you're going to want to, uh, you're going to want to create a virtual hard disk that's a VHD format, not VHDX. I haven't configured networking, so look, this is kind of interesting. I don't have anything to connect this machine to. And so we need to go out and actually create a virtual switch, a uh, virtual networking switch. So let's do that uh, in just a minute. I'm going to go ahead and finish this virtual machine, and we'll come back to it. So I'm just going to say not connected for now. There's no network connection. And as I go into create my VM or my disk, then I need to go and say, what kind of disk do I want to use? And at this point in time, I would say, you know, use this option to create a VHD uh, expanding virtual hard disk. Um, just depends on what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> definitely want to be careful with that, and uh, especially if you're going up into Azure. Now, install an operating system later. So this is, let, let me go back to virtual hard disk. One other thing you can do you can use an existing disk and this is pretty cool because you can go out and copy disks as long as they're sysprepped you know in a Windows environment uh, let's go to my base folder base so for instance I have a base VHDX file here I'm using VHDX I know I just told you not to but that's what I'm using right now and I can copy that and paste it into this top folder and give it a name like Hyper-V02 VHDX uh, and actually base it on that one and so the VM could already be created you can actually download these um, and, and play with them or you can build them from an ISO if you'd like to so I can go ahead and say you'll just create a disk I'm not going to go through with this one hit next install an operating system later means I'm going to have to uh, connect a CD-ROM drive to it when it boots up next time but I can go ahead and point to 
where my ISOs are. Or if I have a physical CD-ROM or DVD drive on this machine, I could actually drop this arrow down and connect to it. Right? And we do support virtual floppy disks, so if you have to boot from a floppy, you can do so. So I hit next. It's going to give me a uh, just a, a summary of what all I want to build. Hit finish. It will go out and create the virtual machine. Now I already have a virtual machine created, so I want to go look at the settings for that machine. If I go look at the settings, I'll see firmware, security, memory. Notice I can change it to dynamic memory where I can have it bur burst up. And I can look at the processors. How many processors do I have? Where's my hard drive? Network adapter. This is where we see not connected. So let's fix that. So for the first thing, what we want to do is go over into Virtual Switch Manager. And we'll see external, internal, or private are my choices. Uh, we're going to do external. That allows this virtual machine, any virtual machine we connect to it, to actually connect out uh, through the gateway to the internet or to the other parts of the of your local area network and we'll call this one lab switch it's going to be connected to my wireless adapter in this case because I'm on a Surface Pro 3 and I'm going to click OK so this is actually going to mess with my network settings and I don't want to do that right now during the recording so I'm actually going to hit no but you would see lab switch show up and I will be able to select that in my virtual machine. And then once I boot the machine, it will be on that network. So I'm not going to go through those steps right now. I want to talk about nested virtualizations. That's where that's the, the real highlight of uh, this show. If you uh, want to enable nested virtualization, got a little tongue-tied there, then all you need to do is go out. I'm going to show you the script here. Let me grab it. And you'll find this if you, uh, let me... Let me just highlight and copy this and paste it up top. So I'm in PowerShell ISC right now. And basically we're going to invoke web request and go out and pull uh, uh, from the Hyper-V tools out on our, uh, on our GitHub the nested, enable nested VM PowerShell script and execute that. Okay. Then the next thing we're going to do is issue that there's it's going to create so let me get this pulled up it's going to create a, a script for you that you're going to run called enable nested vm.ps1 and you have to issue it toward a name so what machine are you running it against and turn on MAC address spoofing that way it'll the networking pieces will work so let's go ahead and do that Let's go ahead and see what it looks like. So let's uh, back it up here. Let's do a clear screen. One other thing, if you need to, uh, some people will get stuck on this. If you're not used to PowerShell, set your execution policy to unrestricted while you're doing this. So you can get this installed or get it running. I'm going to issue that first command. So if I highlight that first line and then click play selected it's actually going to go out and create the script um, so that's finished and now I want to issue the second line so let me go over here issue the second line and now it's going to say okay this script will set the following Hyper-V in order to enable nesting Optional, optionally set the VM to 4 gig of memory 
Now, it's imperative that you go 4 gig of memory. This probably won't run on a Surface Pro 3, but that's not important for today's uh, show. I just want to show how you get there. So you would hit uh, capital Y to proceed, and your memory is set to less than 4 gig. It's warning us we need to do this. And it says, do you want to go ahead and set that? I'm going to say no, and go ahead and let it go through. All right, so it fails because of my memory. That's understood. But this is how you would enable it on any other machine. And once you've done so, that would allow you, let me go back into Hyper-V Manager, that would allow you to go into this virtual machine, boot it up, and turn on Hyper-V inside of Server 2012, and then start creating VMs inside of that server. So really, really crazy stuff. Um, you know, keep in mind, a lot, of, a lot of things to think about here. Keep in mind, you need a good bit of memory. You need really fast hard drives and you need a lot of disk space because you're going to be creating a Hyper-V server and multiple virtual machines on that VHD that you've created for Hyper-V01. So, um, but the functionality is there, and then you have the ability to snapshot the entire thing, the hypervisor and all its VMs at one time, which is pretty impressive. And also you can um, snapshot individually the VMs inside of that hypervisor just by going in and adding it to Hyper-V Manager. Once it's up and running, you can actually see both running from here. So, Young, I hope that's a, a good overview of how it works. Um, I didn't have another Windows 10 machine I could go to the preview build on, so unfortunately I can't boot the server and show how it works, but I think people get the idea. That is definitely a pretty exciting demo that you show us. I think um, this feature is very interesting, and I, I can see there's a, a number of scenarios that, that we can use. Uh, thank you so much for showing that to us. Tommy, that was great, and I can't wait to test it out. Nested Hyper-V. I mean, just the term is so geeky. It gets me so excited. However, <laughs> in, your demo, in your demo, I noticed a couple of things, and I do need you to kind of clarify for me. Because I've been your fan. I read your post. I watch your video. I mean, I go to your session, and you tell me uh, Gen 2 is great, right? You told me Gen 2 VM is great, and now you said I need to do Gen 1? If I, if later I'm going to migrate my workload to Azure or something? Yeah, I really was just trying to keep it simple. Um, you can use Gen 2. Uh, we've got conversion utilities out there, either through Site Recovery uh, in Azure or um, the uh, Microsoft conversion tool, but the converter tool. But um, just to keep it simple, I said stay at Gen 1 and um, Another note on that is the VHDX file. It, that can be converted as well. Uh, I was just trying to keep things simple. All right, that was that was my next question. Now another thing also got me kind of never nervous about it. That now first of all, when you run that script, uh, mm -hmm. you run that on Hyper-V host, right? Yeah. So you run the script on the Hyper-V host, the initial script on the Hyper-V host, and then the next part of the script is actually targeting the VM. So you need to create it first because it's okay. going to go out and look for that VM and then set it properly so that it can do nested virtualization. Right, and we need to, that VM needs to be off, right? Now, now you also, I'm sorry, yes, you also later show me, showed us that, uh, you know, if we have, uh, if we set the execution policy in PowerShell uh, mm -hmm. sort of like incorrectly, we won't be able to run it and but you set it to unrestricted that kind of got me nervous about yeah. that does that mean we need to ele elevate the privilege we need to open it up for people to run powershell script then 
Yeah, I, it, that was just kind of a little wide open. I'm in a uh, home lab where I'm not too worried about things, but you can restrict it to a process that you'd like to run. Um, and then, of course, when you're finished, you always want to set it back to remote signed uh, just to be careful. Oh, I see. So you, so you can set a switch like scope to process, and when you finish, it'll automatically reset back to whatever you are. Right. So that, okay, that, that make me feel so much better. Right. Yeah, make <laughs> but, a little tell me, uh, thank you so much for showing up. This is definitely an exciting feature. And uh, uh, is there some resources you can share with us? And if I want to know more, if I want to follow you, I mean, where do I find more information? Yeah, so virtuallycloud9.com, that's my blog. Um, I've also got a meetup in the southeast uh, that I keep up with, uh, you know, what events are going on, and that's aka.ms slash tpmeetup. Um, you can also hook up with me on LinkedIn as well, aka.ms slash tplinkedin. Um, Virtually Cloud 9, that's where I put, that's where my blogging goes and all the videos that I've been doing on Channel 9 and TechNet Radio and other places. So, um, you know, take a look there. We'll definitely be coming out with some stuff on Windows 10 and nested virtualization as, uh, as time evolves. This just came out not too long ago, so there's not any post on it just yet. Um, but we are going to post the Windows Insider Preview uh, blog post that was on TechNet uh, here below. So if you want to grab that, you can. Tell, it walks you through the same process. Thank you. That was, uh, that, 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 those are great resources. And so, uh, Tommy, thank you so much for coming on the show and share, us, uh, share with us your perspective on Windows 10. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, for all you guys out there, we're going to continue the conversation on Windows 10. We're going to have more evangelists coming up and tell us their perspective, what's their favorite feature, what gets them going on Windows 10. And before I leave you guys, uh, again, I want to let you know that uh, this episode is brought to you by TechNet Radio and produced by our excellent, excellent producer, Chris Kelwell. Chris, thank you so much. And uh, come, uh, for you guys out there, come back next time. We're going to continue our conversation. Until then, this is Yang Cho signing off. <laughs>